Hey everybody, my name is Pat Cohan and this is the 80 Insider Thursday 30. Today we have a special episode where we've compiled seven interviews with seven different athletic directors from across the country where we ask them some really, really hard questions. Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. These questions cover trends they're seeing, unique strategies they use, helpful technology, impactful books, time management hacks, and more, all to share ideas and inspiration with athletic directors across the country as you take on the school year ahead. Before we dive into this episode, we do want to thank our sponsor, and that's Huddle. With Huddle's athletic department package, coaches get the film they need with best-in-class indoor, outdoor, and flex hands-free cameras. Athletes can show their skills with highlight creation tools. Fans can engage with your school wherever they are on the new Huddle live streaming platform. If you haven't already done so, go to huddle.com slash 80insider to learn more. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this 80 Insider Thursday third. What are the latest trends or changes in the athletic director industry going into fall of 2023? Making sure what you're sending out is compatible to their phone because that's primarily where they're going to look. It is parent outreach. And how do we address that and get the parents and the behavior in the stands to support what we're doing? Kids are coming in with an invisible backpack that we can't see that carries a lot of weight. And so for us, um, in my staff here in, at MMU, our focus this year is on the mental health of our athletes and how can we help them unload that backpack for those hours that they're they're playing something and enjoying something that they want post-school. There's an AAU program for you to play on if you have the money, um, but that ne doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be you know, one of the best five and start on the basketball team and one of the best nine and start on the baseball team. And um, so I think there's that mentality out there that, you know, just because my, you know, my son or my daughter, you know, participated in this program or that program, it's going to equate to playing time at the high school level. So that, you know, that's another, um, you know, another thing that we're all dealing with too. Social media, like graphics. Um, I think that's really big. I'm, I've seen so many just like posts and um, advertisements for, you know, graphic software. So that's, I think, really big right now. How are you managing the potential negative impact parents can have on your athletic programs? What we try to emphasize is that this is a community partnership. And the community involves the coach, the athlete, and the parent. Education is a key piece of that. Tonight, we have our fall parent meeting. And we'll, we'll spend five to 10 minutes on that of, you know, how can you be a positive supporter of your son or daughter uh, in our athletic program and understanding that things are going to happen that are out of your control and your sons and daughters control, coaches control. And we need to be able to accept that. I like to be proactive in this respect and, you know, work to make the parents our partners right out of the gate. Um, you know, we need to be visible, uh, both both myself and our coaches, um, and and we need to be accessible. Uh, I like to to make sure that we're all laying out our expectations um, for, for parents, for students, fan behavior in general, um, processes for, you know, if parents would have a question for, for a coach, uh, the, the way to go about doing that. Um, so if we do get to the point where a difficult conversation is necessary, we've laid the groundwork for how that's going to happen. As a state, we did a lot with sportsmanship last year at events, um, and we have signage everywhere. 
um, around our facility and it's holding them accountable and allowing them to have an experience that is fun and enjoyable and reminds them of back when they were playing. What we call a parent guide and a communication guide and the communication guide has you know, those things that are appropriate to discuss with the coach, those things that aren't appropriate to discuss with the coach, um, and when's the appropriate time to communicate. It's really just constant communication. I try to, in the very beginning of my mandatory parent meeting, kind of go over, um, you know, the things, my expectations as an AD, what I will and will not talk to parents about, but also what my job is, what I'm here for, how I can support. Are there any new strategies or initiatives being introduced this year to enhance the athletic experience for your students? Getting athletes to come out and support other athletes, right? Teams supporting teams. So we're trying to get more fan engagement from that standpoint. I think us switching to Huddle TV um, helped a lot. Um, and then just different ways to help people easily navigate your system, right? They don't want 20 clicks to get to where they need to go. They want a one, one click. So whether it's an athlete, whether it's a parent, whether it's a community member, whether it's grandma or grandpa living out of state, we want to make it as easy as possible for them. So our initiative this year is to take what we've learned over the last two years, working with our mental performance coach, and now apply it to what we call the Wildcats mentality. And so we've developed a 10-week 10, 10 curriculum based on the 10 pillars of mental performance. And we ask our coaches to take 15 minutes a week. Now, 15 minutes a week is about two to three minutes a day. And just talk about the, you know, one week. What is our, our first week here is elite mindset. So take, take some time over the course of that. Uh, that week and just deal with some things and give it to the kids to talk about. Have them discuss. There's where learning occurs. It's not stand and deliver. It's got to come from the kids. It's got to be player led, not coach fed in regard to this. We're spending a lot of time working with our athletic club uh, and we've got we've got kids that are involved in in all the sports and activities that we offer. Um, working with them on leadership skills, what those look like and how they can use them to benefit their uh, programs that they're a part of. Throughout your athletic director career, what are some of the most valuable pieces of advice you've been given that have helped you with management and, and leadership? It's management and leadership. And oftentimes we tend to strive towards one or the other, and we don't have a healthy balance. So um, a lot of my mentors, they said, you know, don't get bogged down in the management side. Make sure that you're also leading your department and leading your coaches. You've got to learn that leadership does not necessarily mean being a boss. Um, you've got to be able to take input. Uh, coaches, parents, athletes have to be able to feel that they have a say. That doesn't mean they get to make the determination or the decision, but you've got to have that feedback. And I think when I was a young AD, a young administrator, I, I, I wasn't as open to that um, as, as I get here 10, 12 years in. Uh, there, there's some quality stuff that come out of our surveys that we do with our parents, with our players and our coaches that help guide our decision making. Um, you know, can we tweak things? Can we make things a little bit better? We're not going to get everybody happy. We know that. We understand that. You know, you've got the 10-80-10 rule. 10% really are happy with everything that you do, no matter what. 80%, as long as my kid's happy. Uh, I'm happy. And then you got 10% that you, you really can't affect any change. They're just not very happy. So if we can influence some of that middle 80 into the top 10, that that's kind of the goal. First and foremost, that those two things are very different. Um, leadership is about, is about people and developing a, a meaningful connection with them and then doing what you can to help them become the best possible version of themselves from a management side of things. Um, 
it's it's tasks, it's order. Um, it's just making sure you're getting things done. And I think that's the side of the job maybe that that people understand, people know what they're getting into. Um, the leadership side of things is definitely something that you have to you have to be intentional about working on. I think everything is based off relationships. Um, you know, the more you can be present for for kids, and the more they know you care, the more that they're going to respect you. And those positive relationships that you build with kids, there's nothing better. One is um, go with your gut. Um, if you've been when you've been doing this for a while, you, you got to trust your training and trust yourself and trust that, you know, you know, for the most part, you know, the best way to do things. What unique ways does your school engage the local community through its athletic events? One of the events we're actually hosting tomorrow is a football football Friday night. So we have our boys soccer team, our varsity boys soccer team playing at um, 430. And then we follow them with varsity football. So it's trying to mirror, kind of combine those two together to get more people out to support um, each other. Tomorrow night, we're doing our kickoff barbecue for uh, people and when the community is invited. Usually we just get parents and, and family members of our athletes. Uh, we do that. Our, our booster club reaches out into the community. You know, one of our things that we, we try to work with our athletes is giving back. One of our core principles is service above self. Um, and, and that's leadership to us. That's how we define leadership. And that's what we want kind of our, our, our athletes and coaches to think about. How do we give back into the community and do some community service projects? So that's kind of our outreach. And that's always our ongoing thing. How do you squeeze that in? But I think it's very important in our community and communities around the world that they around the country they need to know that their tax dollars make this available for us. We need to give back a little bit and say thank you. We reached out to a company um, that works with fan engagement, right? That is sort of like a geo tracking. So when they get to an event, it might be, oh, hey, you get 10 points for coming to um, a field hockey game, right? They're checking in on their phones, their fans at the field hockey game. You know, you get 50 points. All of a sudden you get some awesome swag, Franklin Panthers. So in the winter, we do um, a fan shirt and it's just a white t-shirt uh, with some sort of design on the front in our school colors, uh, usually designed by either something an athlete saw uh, on TV or something that they've created or, or had an idea about in, in one of their classrooms. And we sell those shirts for a measly $5 to any student in our district. So it doesn't matter if you're in kindergarten or a senior in high school, for $5, you get the shirt. And if you bring or wear the shirt to any home event throughout the winter, you get in for free. Uh, we try to do spirit nights at local um, restaurants so that can get them, you know, it's kind of like a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, we bring in business to them and then in, and in turn, like they're encouraged urging people to come out to our games. How is your school utilizing technology to enhance the training, performance, or overall experience of your athletes? I think one of the cool things that our PE department is starting to um, kind of implement is a athletic profile for our student athletes, um, where, which includes, you know, not just their strength, but their speed, their agility, um, their uh vertical, stuff like that. And it's a partnership of working together um, with them that I think will enhance that athletic experience. Now everything is digital and readily accessible. And, uh, you know, kids have access to to practice film. Uh, and that's just not something that that existed before. Um, 
you know, we have drones that we're using, uh, you know, as, as tools to film practices and games. Uh, many of our coaches use huddle. Um, and if they're not using huddle, they often will have someone film um, their game. So most of our coaches, a good number of our coaches, you know, incorporate film study sessions with the student athletes as, you know, part of a practice either before or after or or even like a dedicated day of the week where they're going to meet, you know, and, and review film. So um, I know like for football, we, um, you know, we, we, t we take, we record practices every day. We also um, utilize huddle sideline so that in-game adjustments can be made um, basically, you know, from what they can see on the iPad. We've also uh, forged a partnership with a local, I guess it's like a recovery um, spa business, but it's got all kinds of like cryo chambers um, and heat therapy and things like that that can the student athletes can go and kind of get recovery um, with. And it's, it's really cool. I actually um, tested some of those things out myself and was just shocked at how different your body can feel just from one session. What has been the biggest help in organizing your day as an athletic director? I will say this every night I look at the next day and I just started doing this. Um, I look at the next day and see what I have on my plate and kind of what I need to do. And I try to mark down the top three things that I need to accomplish for that day if they're, if they're task related. Take, taking my day and breaking it into, you know, 30 minute blocks. I mean, managing my calendar and playing offense on my calendar. If it's not scheduled, it's going to have a tendency to fall off the plate. And if I don't schedule it, then something else is going to come in. And take that spot. So being intentional about scheduling out my week and my day, it starts with my family, it starts with my fitness, starts with my health. Uh, and then it works into those, like we talk about those most important tasks that I have in a day, and those got to be scheduled and I get to stay, stay true to that. And don't start a new task. If I, if I designate 30 minutes to get social media done for the week, I need to finish that task before I start a new test. When I'll uh, get ready to leave work the day prior, you know, maybe I'll outline some things that for the next day are, are on the list, they have to get done. Um, and that list will be sitting right next to my computer when I walk into my office in the morning. Um, if I come up with anything throughout the course of the night, uh, I'll use my my personal email account and, and send my school email account a message. So it's it's right there for me when I get to the computer in the morning as well. When you start a task, finish a task, um, because otherwise you're gonna be having a handful of tasks out there unfinished and that's going to be more more troublesome for the future you can't see it but i've got a, a three ring binder over here um and it's got to-do lists on it um and at the end of the week you know or i cross things off as i go during the week but when i get to the end of the week all right i bring out a new piece of paper and transfer those over like all right you know these are how i'm going to start my week and you probably heard from ADs that you have this list when you come in in the morning and you never get through half of it if you're lucky um so i use that I was, you know, I asked it, I had like about two years ago, I asked the one a season AD, I'm like, how do you organize your day? Like, how do you know what to do? And he said that you bring somebody in and just have them observe you for a day and see how, you know, you can, what is it that you're working on? And from that, I was able to determine that what I try to do is like certain days of the week, I have certain tasks that I would like to get done. And I, I have to write it on my board. Otherwise I will forget. So I I do that in certain days, like this is exact one thing. This is a task for Monday. This is a task for Tuesday. But then really I just deal with the day as it comes.
What's the biggest mistake a young athletic director can make? The number one thing, if you're a new athletic director, you've got to connect with people and you got to put them beyond just a coach. They're a person over a coach. And one of the things we always talked about, they're a person over the player, you know, get to connect with your student athletes. And I think as a new person coming in, you want to form those connections um, because that's how you build trust. It's not you. It's not you. It's we. You got to you got to develop that. I had to learn that. And and I think when you take this role in we in any administrative role, you have goals, you have ideas, you have you have a vision where you go. You got to remember it doesn't happen without the, pe the people below you and around you. And I think a lot of young athletic directors are like, it's not like a muscle flex of like, listen, I'm coming in and this is what I'm doing. But it's like more of like trying to assert themselves of like, I've been hired. I know what I'm doing. And like trying to present this of like, nope, I don't need help. I got this figured out. And, and that fine, but we all need help. Right. And, and be okay knowing that you might need help. I think it's, it's the urge to just jump in and try and try and fix things immediately um, to say yes to everything. Um, you know, it's, it's really easy to overextend yourself uh, in this job. You talked about time management with one of the previous questions. Um, it's, it's okay to say no to some things that that aren't relevant to what you need to accomplish? I would say trying to do too much right away and in, in, in doing so, not doing what you need to do the right way. Um, and in terms of that, I mean, not communicating or not holding, holding folks accountable in those early decision makings, I think kind of set the tone for the, for the rest of your, your year uh, and if you don't follow the protocols or policies that you have within your building and build those positive relationships with those stakeholders you need, then I think that makes your year a lot more difficult than it has to be. I think working too much and burning themselves out. Um, I know when when I was relatively new in the profession, I was a workaholic. Um, but you've got to make sure that you take time for yourself or you won't last in the profession. Thinking that you won't make mistakes, like, like, or getting, um, flustered about the mistakes that you make. Like, it's like, you're going to have to accept that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to get something wrong. You're going to screw something up. I remember my first year, um, like I, I messed up scheduling. Like I, I had double, um, double book games, um, for a couple of sports, so like things like that. <laughs> and it's like, just embrace it, accept it and just work to fix it. I think that's the biggest thing. Like it's okay to not be perfect. How do you envision the landscape of high school sports evolving over the next decade? I think it's going to be very critical. You look at what's going on now with NIL, you look at what's going on now with, you know, the realignment in the NC2A and, and where they're, what, what the perception of their focus and, and vision is now is really getting away from interscholastic or intercollegiate athletics and, and chasing the dollar, uh, that's going to trickle down. I mean, you, you read stories all the time about, you know, how, you know, different things are working in different states in regards to transfer rules and NIL and who's recruiting who. I think in the next 10 years, that's going to be the greatest challenge uh, for an athletic director is how do you keep people vested in your department and in your school and not go school shopping or NIL shopping or, or those kind of things. I think you're going to see a decline in high school athletics, unfortunately, right? There are going to be some programs that just aren't going to be able to run because you don't have coaches to run it. 
You don't have officials to officiate it. So it scares me. And I hope that trend changes. Um, I'm going to be really curious to see how NIL continues to filter down. Um, you know, we've, I want to say there's maybe nine different States that have some, some high school specific rules, uh, as far as NIL is concerned. Uh, and I think as that continues to grow and evolve at the collegiate level, um, we're going to see more and more of it at the high school level, uh, as well. I think you're going to see a lot more variety of what we consider sports. Um, you know, in Vermont, we're looking to kickstart an esports program throughout the state. You know, we have a very healthy ultimate Frisbee, um, program throughout the state of Vermont. Um, you know, I, bass fishing has, has gotten bigger. The tough part obviously is the enrollment piece. And if our enrollment continues to decline in buildings, then the ability to offer the amount of sports that we have or the amount of levels we have in each sport start to become more and more difficult. There's nothing like putting on the Jersey and the school colors and going out and representing yourself, your coaches, your teammates, your family, your community, your school. Um, and I think that that piece in and of itself um, will maintain high school athletics. It's really becoming really player centered and not so much team centered. So that's kind of where I see it, it going. What is the biggest time suck that you've eliminated from your day? Probably not checking emails constantly. <laughs> I really try to check them in chunks. And if I, if I have to get a project done, um, I, I try to close my email. I eliminated notifications. So I don't get notified when I get an email or something pops up on so show, social media. And I think that has probably been the best thing I've ever done, um, not just for time management, but just for overall um, mental health. I, I guess when I reflect on my day and I reflect on my week and I, and I fill out what I call a, a well, better house statement, what am I doing well? What can I do better? And then how can I improve that? It's wasted time. Looking busy isn't accomplishing anything, right? And this is why I like sticking with the MIT process. Uh, I can sit here and shuffle papers all day long and look busy. I can walk around campus and look busy, but am I accomplishing anything? So that's the thing when I look at the end of my day is did, did I utilize my time the best that I had? Uh, did I utilize my hours in a day the best that I had? And eliminate the, eliminate those things that really are non, non-essential or don't, don't further your purpose in the day. You know, I actually have the opportunity to teach a stress management class to athletic directors at the national conference. And that's one of the things that we talk about is like, don't bring your phone into your room. Like don't, don't check emails. Don't, don't do those things at night because there's nothing you can do to change it. Um, worry about it the next day. I'll set aside a time, you know, when I get to school in the morning, I'll take a look at email. And then maybe once in the morning, um, kind of in the middle of the morning and once in the afternoon, maybe before I'm headed to set things up for sports or go supervise something, I'll check again. But it's not going to be a consistent throughout the day, always just looking at it. And, ah. So I think, you know, having a full-time assistant athletic director and a full-time athletic administrative assistant, um, which is relatively new. I've, and they're both new. They're in their second year with us. So I've been able to, you know, allow them to have more responsibilities and, and take more things on for the athletic department, which I think has freed me, freed me up to, to focus on, you know, some things that I need to be focusing on.
What has been the most impactful book on your athletic director career? Probably you win in the locker room first um, with John Gordon. Uh, Twin Thieves. And I actually have a poster up in my office. Uh, the winning formula, people plus culture plus pre preparation plus execution. Uh, Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman is, is phenomenal. The one that comes to my mind just from this summer alone would be Atomic Habits. Leaders eat last. Open mic, whatever you have to say, whether it's encouragement, motivation, or just personal experience, what would you like to share with the athletic director audience nationally? You can do it. Um, it's a hard job, but it's so rewarding um, for all the negative stuff you may encounter. Just remember that one, that one kid or that one coach that smiled and it made a difference in their life. And that's, that's what keeps you going. I think the one thing that I give advice to anybody, whether it's an AD, administrator, coach, whatever it is, you need to know your why. You need to know your why. Why are you doing this job? And that needs to stay in the forefront. Put it on your uh, on your wall, on your uh, on your screen, whatever it is. Know your why and live to your mission every day. And that's all you can do. The rest of it is out of your control, right? So if you can live to your mission and every day you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I lived to my mission. I did my best today. That's a win. You are not alone in this profession. You know, it's a tough job. And sometimes we feel that we are alone um, and that we're kind of on an island with the job that we do. But you have colleagues. You have people who have been through it before, who have similar situations. Uh, and you need to lean on your colleagues because that gives you uh, comfort. It gives you um help it gives you everything that you need to to move forward in your job probably the biggest thing that helped my career uh, as an ad was getting involved uh, and again i i got to give a lot of credit to bill fitzgerald who was my mentor when i first got started um, get involved with your state association go to a national conference because in terms of meeting people that you can then lean on uh, that have been there done that uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you you come in uh, to to a situation. There's people that have have done it before you, and ADs are one of the the best groups I've ever come across in terms of sharing. You're not alone, and if you ever need to reach out, you're more than welcome to reach out to any of us. And I and I I love that about this profession. We borrow from each other. Um, you know, when you're struggling, you know, you pick up the phone and call a colleague to say, hey, have you ever dealt, you know, dealt with this? So, um, you know, continue with that networking, reach out when you need to. And like I like I talked about a little bit earlier, make time for yourself and your family. Take everything one day at a time. You know, always work to try to grow in the profession. I'm, I'm big on that. Like, get involved um, with your state association, with the NIAAA. Um, get involved because you meet such great people and that you can get such good ideas. This job can can mess with your creativity, like because you have so much on your plate um, and on your mind at one time. I've found that, you know, it sometimes like my creative juices are flowing as well as they did in the past. So but that's good, like when you have connections. So it's, you know, nothing for me to call somebody else and like how are you dealing with this you know what did you do with this situation so that's the biggest thing that I would say like get involved meet other ADs and just form those connections so, so people can help you like you cannot survive in this job without help